WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. We're going to take a trip right now. Like we always do about this time. This is a journey into sound. I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. On this week's show, my guest will be the percussionist and producer Ian Chang, best known for his work with Sun Lux. Sunlux just released Tomorrow's Three, the third and final album of their Tomorrow's Trilogy. We'll be listening to some tracks off that record this week, and we'll also explore some of Ian's work outside of Sunlux. And Carla Lopez will return with another edition of Rebel Music, a new segment on Cultural Manifesto that explores the relationship between music and activism. This week, Carla's guest will be Kyra Harvey, of Black Lives Matter. But first, I want to remind you that we're in the middle of our spring pledge drive at WFYI. WFYI has made a strong commitment to supporting locally grown arts and music. If you've grown in your knowledge of the music scene here in Indianapolis because of what you've heard on WFYI, then please show your support by donating now. You'll find the giving form at wfyi.org slash give. Our commitment to showcasing local art and music is growing, and it's powered by you. You can donate now by going to wfyi.org slash give. We're able to bring you local programs like Small Studio Sessions, Cultural Manifesto, and Echoes of Indiana Avenue because people like you donate to WFYI. Go to WFYI.org slash give, and thank you. Over the last few months on Cultural Manifesto, I've been covering the Sunlux album trilogy, Tomorrows. Sunlux is one of the most innovative groups in contemporary music, and Tomorrows is perhaps their most ambitious project yet. In August of 2020, I spoke with Sunlux founder Ryan Lott about the release of Tomorrow's One. And in December of 2020, Sunlux guitarist Rafiq Bhatia joined me to discuss Tomorrow's Two. You can find both of those episodes in the Cultural Manifesto archives on Spotify, iTunes, and at WFYI.org. Let's join my conversation with Sunlux drummer Ian Chang. Ian, before we discuss Tomorrow's Three, I wanted to talk a bit about your background in music and some of the projects you've been involved with outside of Sun Lux. And you have a really interesting history as a drummer that includes working in in jazz music and indie rock. Uh, I'm curious what initially sparked your early interest in percussion as a young person. I remember the first time we spoke in 2018, you told me you were 
the kid who was always tapping on stuff. <laughs> so it sounds like you were interested in, in drumming and percussion from an early age. What kind of sparked that interest? Totally. Um, so actually, my first instrument was technically piano. I like I did the thing where like I started my parents had me take piano lessons when I was really young, which I'm really grateful for. I guess how old was I like probably when I was like eight or nine or so um and I started like really learning how to play drums at nine I think there was like a Christmas concert at my school where they needed volunteers to like play some bongos instead of like singing the choir and I was like I'm down so I like volunteered and did that and had a lot of fun and then there was a another student who's actually younger than me so he was like really young but he was he's kind of like a, a percussion prodigy kid uh who at a talent show played like a drum set solo to like mission impossible's theme song and i thought it was like the coolest thing ever and so that's kind of those two things along with my just natural habit for like wanting to like tap on stuff um rhythmically i think was what like really sparked it for me when you started playing drums was there a particular style of music you wanted to learn how to play or or was it more open-ended well, I started, I started actually like taking lessons for classical percussion. So I was kind of doing that. And then when I was like, after a year or so, I think I, I entered like the junior program at the Hong Kong Academy for Performing Arts. Um, so I was doing that. But at the same time, I was kind of like, really into like, uh, pop punk and stuff. And I was like, had a band at school that like, we all like loved like Green Day and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that was kind of like the two the two poles, I guess. Um, so I guess from the get-go, my uh, my interests were rather uh, seemingly unrelated, I guess. <laughs> you know, you've studied jazz percussion, you've studied classical percussion, you have a lot of experience playing rock music. You draw from a wide set of sounds and styles. And I know hip-hop music has also played a large role in shaping your approach to percussion. Can you tell us about the influence of hip-hop music and some of the sounds and ideas that have influenced your work as a drummer yeah so i mean i could go on on about it for a while but i think one thing one one thing is like how um something that i immediately kind of picked up on was sort of like how how this language of like repetition and loops can open up an opportunity for sort of more um strange or like off-grid type placement of um beats um that feel to me very sort of uh emotional or lyrical but like through repetition they can feel very like like something that feels natural even if it seems a little off if that makes sense um i don't know i'm also very obsessed with like this idea of like a perfect groove should be like a circle you know like it'll it's something that you could play on and on on loop um and it loops exactly and and it and you never get tired of it you know what i mean and i think that's definitely something that comes from uh, hip-hop for me yeah yeah and somehow you're able to uh, channel all these different uh influences and practices that you've been involved with as a musician into uh your work as a drummer in this really cohesive way and i think that's very apparent on your uh, new album, your new solo album, which is your first full-length album, a fantastic record titled Belonging. And we're going to listen to a track 
off that record in just a moment. But first, I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about making this record and, yeah, how that rich history of performance and uh, study has kind of informed what you do today and what we're going to hear on this record. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, I appreciate you having checked it out and that you you, you you dig it and that you're playing it on your show. Um, you know, with something like a debut album, the biggest question is sort of like, what do I want this to sound like? Especially given the fact that I've uh, spent so much time like um, inhabiting other people's musical worlds and kind of um, digging deep on many different styles. It's, it wasn't like obvious to me what an Ian Chang record might necessarily sound like, if that makes sense. Um, and especially also because having a bit of like a culturally uh, split upbringing where I was like in Hong Kong till I was 14 or so and then I moved to the States. The process was very much like trying to find like what sounded like me, uh, if that makes sense. Um, and it was the result of a lot of experimentation. And one thing that I think surprised some people about the way it sounds is how sort of electronic it is when most of my musical career has been sitting behind like an acoustic drum kit and there's actually virtually no acoustic drumming on the record uh, but it's a lot more sort of like uh, electronically put together and like performed electronically as well um, so yeah it was it was a it was a really wild ride and I, I learned a lot about myself through it yeah We're going to listen to the track Bird's Tongue off Belonging, cool. which features the amazing Indianapolis vocalist and composer Hannah Ben. Is there anything yes. you'd like to say about this track or, or working with Hannah Ben before we listen? I know you've had uh, some experience working with her through Sunlux in the past. Yeah, I mean, Hannah is incredible. And like you said, and she has such, she has her own identity. Like her sound is very, um, sort of distinct to me and uh we've worked together a bunch before and i think for when i was making this record i knew i wanted to have vocal uh, collaborations on it but i didn't and i had some people in mind but i didn't really like write stuff for specific people i was kind of just writing stuff and then seeing what felt um like it would be a good fit and when i wrote bird's tongue um sort of the instrumental of it and as, I was, as it was developing, it, it really felt like I heard Hannah on it. And, um, and I'm glad that I feel like I was right because <laughs> what she did on it was, uh, was incredible and took it to a whole new level and depth of compl complexity um, and emotion. So, yeah, it was, it was really cool to work with her. Let's go ahead and listen to that track. This is Ian Chang with Bird's Tongue.
That was Bird's Tongue from Ian Chang, and that track is featured on Ian's debut solo LP titled Belonging, and Ian is my guest this week. And Ian, that track featured uh, Hannah Ben on vocals, a really incredible mm -hmm. Indianapolis composer and vocalist. And uh, yeah, I just want to take a little sidetrack here and ask you a question about Indianapolis. I think you're currently based in Dallas, right? That's right. Yeah, and you've yeah. grown up, uh, lived all over the world, New York, Hong Kong, as you mentioned. Uh, your group has some pretty significant ties to Indianapolis. The mm -hmm. Sunlux founder, Ryan Lott, uh, has lived off and on in Indianapolis. The group's manager, Michael Kaufman, lives here in Indianapolis. You've collaborated mm -hmm. frequently with Hannah, who's an Indianapolis native. What is your relationship to Indianapolis, and has your sort of interest in this city uh, increased over the last few years? I have a great uh, fondness for Indianapolis. Um, so the first time I ever played in Indianapolis must have been 2000 and... I'm going to guess like somewhere in the zone. I'm really bad at remembering when things happened, but I think this was probably, it was before I graduated. So it must've been like 2009 or 2010. And it was um, with a band called Afuche. I'll never forget it because it was in the building that Joyful Noise is in now, or at least I think they're still there. Uh, I don't know the name of the building, but it's, it seems like it's kind of a, basically we set up in the, the stairwell of this um, building and performed there to like a small group of folks um and i remember there was someone there in a wheelchair and it was it was a really good vibe and and then years later returning to sort of visit uh joyful noise um hq and realizing it was the same building that i had been in and played in the stairwell at <laughs> yeah that would have been that would have been the murphy building in fountain square and actually joyful yeah, noise right. has moved they right yeah they're in yeah, an yeah, abandoned right. strip mall in uh the southeast <laughs> side of indianapolis but yeah you played uh also at the hi-fi which is in that same building as well exactly weirdly i've played at the at that building three times in like three very different sort of situations <laughs> And you did a solo show across the street at Pioneer. So, yeah, you've yeah, put in a lot of hours in Fountain Square. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And in just a moment, we're going to jump into the new Sunlux album, Tomorrow's Three. But there's another aspect of your work outside of Sunlux that I wanted to ask you about. Over the last few years, you've been touring and recording with the critically acclaimed songwriter and vocalist Moses Sumney. And, you know, much like Sunlux, Moses Sumney's music balances a lot of you know, contrasting dynamics and textures. Can you tell us about your work with Moses Sumney and your approach to uh, performing and recording with him? White dahlia is some color It bring out your eyes you say you've never bothered Cause you'd be telling lies Why don't you try some earth tones Since you claim you wanna die The color of compost Absolutely. Um, I love working with Moses. Um, so the first time I recorded for him was a number of years ago now, probably 2015, 16, something like that. Um, and I recorded on a song called um, Lonely World, which um, is probably one of my favorite things I've like put down on a recording um, to date. And I just remember being really struck by... Uh, usually when people like 
hire me to record drums like they're looking for sort of like uh, pretty like specific parts to be played or for me to like come up with something specific that's like a part and I, I love that process but for him I just remember being struck by how open he was for me like he kept like egging me on to just like give it more and to give it more life and to like kind of just like be improvisational and be wild on, on, on the song and I was we must have done so many takes but um, yeah that was the first time I had recorded with him and then on his most recent double album, I recorded a bunch as well um, at a studio in Asheville, uh, North Carolina, which is where he lives now. From the album Gray, this is Moses Sumney with Virile, featuring my guest this week, Ian Chang, on drums. Made up of what you are. 
for passing grace. The fear fades. You've got the long guy. You wanna fit right in. After the mask you live, you've got the wrong That was Moses Sumney with Virile, featuring my guest this week, Ian Chang, on drums. Let's return to my conversation with Ian as we discuss the new Sunlux album, Tomorrow's Three. And Ian, for the remainder of this week's show, I want to focus on your work with Sunlux. Sunlux has just released Tomorrow's Three, the third volume in the Tomorrow's Trilogy. And in the Tomorrow's Trilogy was created during a time of significant uncertainty and instability in the United States, from the COVID pandemic to the 2020 elections to the ongoing protests for racial justice. During my conversations with Rafiq and Ryan, we discussed this aspect of the album uh, pretty extensively, and I wanted to give you a chance to also comment on that. If there's anything you want to say about how you know, these recent events have influenced your work as an artist and the creation of this uh, trilogy. It's one of those things where, like, I think each volume was sort of revealing itself to us as we were making it. We didn't, like, work on Tomorrow's 1, finish it, and then work on Tomorrow's 2, finish it, and then work on Tomorrow's 3. We, like, had a bunch of material already worked up, and then we kind of found our way through it and, like, um, was almost, like, kind of putting it together as we went along. And... I don't know, a lot of people, I think, ask us, you know, with Tomorrow's Three in particular, ask us, like, oh, well, you know, like, does it feel like some sort of, um, like, resolution or, like, any feeling of, like, um, joyful elation, like, after the first two? Uh, And I would say that the answer is no, Um, and I would say that the sort of the tensions that we had built up musically um, and lyrically in the first two volumes um, definitely still hold um, over the third uh, volume because that's just how we're experiencing life, if that makes any sense. Is there a track on the record that kind of sums that feeling up for you? I think uh, the hour comes to mind for me, um, definitely in the way that the drums are approached, um, even though those were actually recorded literally the day before I flew from LA to Dallas to sort of like social distance <laughs> in, in March last year. Um, the, the, it was actually me and another person playing drums in the same room, uh, John Bapp. Uh, we played drums together on that. And, um, and yeah, I don't think at the time we knew how we were going to approach um, implementing that in the song, but um, the way that it kind of ended up speaking and the way we produced it, it to me it feels like there's like this ever um, sort of ever-present just tension and and, um, uneasiness to to the song, even though the song itself is very kind of like beautiful and um, celestial sounding in a lot of ways. Let's listen to that track. This is The Hour off the new Sunlux album, Tomorrow's Three.
I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest this week is the Sunlux drummer Ian Chang. Sunlux just released a new album titled Tomorrow's Three, and it's available now on all digital music platforms. And Ian, so many Sunlux compositions are built around unusual, um, atypical rhythmic patterns and percussive textures. And your role in this group, I think, is very different than the stereotypical idea someone might have of a drummer in a band just sort of creating this fixed metronomic beat for the rest of the group to sort of play over. Can you tell us about your role as a drummer in Sunlux and how you contribute to the band's creative process? Uh, well, I think uh, sort of that the way you describe that role um, is very true, and I feel very lucky to be able to kind of not only inhabit it, but be kind of pushed to think like that um, by my bandmates, uh, who I think they saw something natural in my playing that spoke to the way, I don't know, the, the way that the drums play a role in the band now and um they were they've always been very encouraging of that like anytime i have a weird idea that they're they're into it or sometimes i might be trying something even like more square and they might be like pushing me to do something uh more outside of the box um and so that's that's definitely um something that i feel grateful for uh being able to work with rafik and ryan and, and to have that kind of encouragement Ian, I think one of the defining characteristics of the Sunlux sound is really just the group's open approach to musical boundaries and genre and experimentation and creativity. And in some ways, that this reflects the individual life experience of the band's members. And earlier in the interview, you used the phrase culturally split upbringing to kind of describe your growing up uh, between... Uh, different continents, let's say. And in your bio, you use the phrase third culture in discussing sort of your outlook and creative process. Can you give, give us your definition of that term third culture and how your, your background, this culturally split background, influences and uh, shapes the, the music you're making? So third culture just refers to like someone whose upbringing have, has been kind of split between very like different cultures and for me in terms of like how that affects the way I think I hear things and the way I create things is that like I think one sort of revelation I had when I was working on my album uh, was that you know I while there isn't sort of like a more obvious aesthetic home for what I am culturally you know because it's sort of multiple things at once um in a way it, it was something that really liberated me to kind of f figure out like what uh, my own voice was 
in terms of just like not having anything prescribed for me and just kind of seeing everything as like very open. And I think a lot of the times I find that I've, I'm drawn to uh, projects like Sunlux, like Moses, you know, people like this who are um, blurring the lines um, between genres, so to speak, or just uh, different styles. And, and I think maybe something about being third culture makes me so that I don't even really think about music in those terms very often, you know? And I don't know, I just feel a very personal connection to like the types of things that move me and those types of things don't necessarily have anything to do uh, with genre a lot of the time. And Ian, as we wrap up, I wanted to ask about future plans for you and Sunlux. Obviously, the pandemic is still limiting uh, your ability to tour and perform live. But uh, do you have any <laughs> plans for 2021 that uh, you'd want to share with us? Yeah, um, we're actually, you know, uh, we're actually working on a lot. And so, like, in a way, because we've had so much to work on, both with the Tomorrow's trilogy, and we're also in the process of um, scoring a film together, uh, which is a big project, um, and also working on a few other collaborations. In a weird way, I haven't, like, been itching to tour probably as much as I would be if we weren't doing stuff, you know? Um, so I, it's hard to say. I think we do have some things on the books for touring in 2022, um, but uh, we're all kind of just waiting and seeing how things kind of play out. Uh, but in in the in the case that that's not possible, there's at least going to be more, more, more music coming out, and and uh, as well as a film with a film score that we did. Um, so yeah, we we got a lot going on. <laughs> Is there a final track from the Tomorrow's Trilogy that you'd want to leave us with as we close out? Uh, Vacancy would be a good one to play. Um, I really, that one, um, and to kind of bring back to what we were talking about in the conversation earlier about what I love about like hip hop and hip hop beats, that one I, I feel uh, achieves the thing that I was talking about with like a groove being a circle. Um, and so, uh, I would, I'd love to ha have people listen to that. My guest has been drummer and composer Ian Shang of Sunlux. The new Sunlux album is out now. It's titled Tomorrow's Three. And Ian, I'm a huge fan of all your musical projects. I love what you do. So I'm, I really appreciate you taking time to uh, share this music with us today. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for, um, thanks for talking to me and taking time to do that as well. Yeah, let's end this week's show with Vacancy off the new Sunlux album, Tomorrow's Three.
That was Sun Lux with Vacancy off their new album, Tomorrow's Three. Up next, we have another edition of Rebel Music with Carla Lopez. This is Carla Lopez, and you're listening to Rebel Music on Cultural Manifesto. Me llamo Carla Lopez, y estás escuchando a Música Rebelde, el Manifesto Cultural. Rebel Music explores the relationship between music and activism in Indiana and around the globe. Okay, hi, Kyra. Hey. My guest this week is Kyra Harvey. Kyra is a community activist, a co-founding member of Indy 10 Black Lives Matter. Kyra's work centers around community empowerment 
and it has been instrumental in addressing a lot of community needs, which is where the No Questions Asked Food Pantry was mm -hmm. born. Most recently, Kyra is a client advocate at the Bill Project, an organization that provides free bail assistance to low-income individuals in Indianapolis, and I think throughout the country. Yep. But you work in Indianapolis, Yes, correct? I just work in Indianapolis, correct. Kyra is also a graduate of North Central High School, which is where I met her over <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> Uh, Don't but, tell our age, Carla. <laughs> I know. We're, we're really dating ourselves. <laughs> but thank you for being here, Kyra. Thank you for having me. Uh, I wanted to start out by asking you about your involvement with the Black Lives Matter movement, which started around 2013. Mm -hmm. In a short period of time, Black Lives Matter has gone from a humble grassroots organization into a global cultural movement. Yes, You know, yes. Black Lives Matter, it, it's everywhere yeah. now. You can go to Carmel, and there's a sign with, um, a Black Lives Matter sign in somebody's yard. Yes. And that's how widespread it is, yes. right? Yes, yes. So you have been deeply involved mm -hmm. in the evolution of this movement. Mm -hmm. What has it been like watching it grow? I think it's been amazing uh, to watch it grow because people are unlearning and learning be problematic behavior that we had before. And even watching myself and the people that I'm in this group with grow and unlearn behavior that we had before. It's just a learning experience and I meet so many people uh, throughout the experience that I've never would have like ran into in life ever. And some of those people have become like a family, a close community to me that I can run to like any time of the day and just like, hey, I need this or I just need someone to love on me. And they come with open arms. So this movement has been, you know, it's a blessing and it's just like, of, of course, it's like sad of how, why we have to come together. But also I have met some of the most amazing people um, in my life that because of this movement and we're fighting a good cause. So it's just been beautiful to watch. Um, it's been a lot. It's been emotional. Um, and like I said, it's been a learning experience for sure. Thank you for that answer. Mm -hmm. For a lot of young people, music can be a gateway into thinking about political issues. Mm -hmm. Was this the case for you? Um, yeah, yes and no. Um, music does, like, I think music has evolved since this movement. I think black people are more, not afraid to talk about what's going on in the race. I think we're finally telling our story and, like, not caring how we're telling it. Um, so music has helped, and also just, like, uh, my own experiences in life have helped, you know, me grow in this movement and want to get involved in Black Lives Matter as well. Uh, thank you again mm -hmm. for that answer. Mm -hmm. And I know that you've brought some really powerful music to share it with us today. Yes, I did. What is the first song that you wanted to talk to us about today? Um, so Janelle Monae, uh, Hell You Talking About, um, is a song that me and Leah and the rest of Indy 10 folks we use before a protest, and we sing it during a protest. It's like a battle song because you have to remember why you're out there. And Hell You Talking About, names all the black lives that we lost even the ones we haven't heard about and it makes you remember these stories and look these stories up and like wow i did not know this happened um and it just educates yourself on what has happened even before like mike brown and before it became popular because some of those people died before the movement even was born this song is really like helpful when we're out there protesting and you got your energy going and this song just comes to mind and you're just like this is why i'm out here these are the people who i'm fighting for i'm fighting for these families 
and this is just what it is. So, so yes, it's a very emotional song, <laughs> yes. a very solemn piece of music, and in some ways. So, how do you feel when you when you hear the song? Um, it makes me feel powerful in a way. Um, it's definitely an emotional song for sure, um, because it's so many names of people. I think it gets people like I mean I don't know some sort of like togetherness it makes you feel like we're all in this together especially when people join in like this is an easy song to catch on to and when you're protesting people like kind of just catch on and you're like okay like this is what we're doing it's like another like chant that we're doing so that's it, it it's very powerful it makes you feel a lot of different emotions uh but uh yeah it's a good song it's a really good song say his name Say his name, Walter Scott. Say his name, Walter Scott. Won't you say his name, Jerome Reed? Say his name, Jerome Reed. Say his name, Jerome Reed. Say his name, Jerome Reed. Won't you say his name, Philip White? Say his name, Philip White. Say his name, Philip White. Say his name, Philip White. Won't you say his name? The next song you have picked out to share with us is Yo Arroyos La Rebelión. The song is written about a slave rebellion in Cartagena, Colombia. Tell me what it is about this song that speaks to you. So when I first, of course, I do not, you know, I don't speak any different uh, different languages. So I heard the beat and I was like, God, this is a good song. And then I watched the video. I said, okay, there's something like under, there's something they're saying that I need to know. So I went to look up like what it actually meant. And I feel like oftentimes we forget about different like things that happened with slavery and we don't talk about it as much. And I just felt like this song, the lyrics, like having a rebellion against like a slave master because they were abusing their women. I just felt like this song was so important because we don't talk about like slave rebellions a lot. So I just felt like I was like, all right, like this song is so powerful. Like they're like going against the man, white supremacy, like and also it's a good dance song. I ain't going to lie to, but it has a story behind it and you would never know unless you like go and read it. Um, and it also, once again, a learning experience for me because I didn't know a lot of that stuff was happening.
Is there a third song or another song that you wanted to share with us? Yeah, Kendrick Lamar, uh, We're Gonna Be All Right. It's definitely a positive song because I know at the end of the day, like, we're fighting for something. And I know that we might not see it in our lifetime. We not might not see the system, like, change how we want to see it in our lifetime. But I know that the community that we have and that we set in place now, I know we're going to be all right. And I know we're going to be able to teach our kids or their kids or the other youth, like, hey, this is what we did and we're going to pass it on. I know we're going to make a way and I know, like, it's going to change. We might not see it, but I know it's coming. I know it's coming for sure. So it just reminds me that we're going to be okay. We're going to keep fighting and we got to do this together. When I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11 even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty Benjamin is the highlight. Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a gangsta in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I knew it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone great. Trying to side my face, it's all day. Won't you please believe when I say, when you know we've been hurt, been down before. When our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? And the last question that I have for you, you know, the work that you do as an advocate for social justice can mm-hmm. be very traumatic. And at times, you know, like you're dealing with life and death situations. Mm-hmm. And there is a tone of optimism in, in this song. Mm-hmm. Do you look to music for inspiration when you feel drained from your work as I, an activist? I do. Um, sometimes I'll try to listen to something that has nothing to do with activism work. I'm like, let me stay away from this just for a little bit. So sometimes I'll try to listen to some rock music. I'll listen to some good R&B. I love R&B. I love a lot of love songs. (laughs) Like, I just want to get my feelings and just sing my heart out and listen to, like, her or Tyrese or Beyonce or something like that. Definitely a, a good love song. I do love that. So... But that's how I, like, part of my self-care. I'll turn the drive around, turn the music up loud, and just sing really loudly in my car like I'm in a a music video or something like that. I love that type of self-care. I'm right there with you. (laughs) It's like car karaoke by myself. There's no other way. I mean, that's like when you really get into it, you know? I'm like, oh, this is like a whole music video. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Um, for our listeners at home who want to learn more about your work, they can go to bellproject.org yep. or find Indie 10 Black Lives Matter on Facebook. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And Twitter. And Twitter. <laughs> and Instagram. <laughs> thank you, Kyra. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yay. Yay. My guest this week has been Kyra Harvey. Stay tuned for future editions of Rebel Music on Cultural Manifesto.
That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you for tuning in. And thanks to all of you who've made the commitment to support WFYI during our spring membership drive. If you enjoy all the music and arts coverage you hear on WFYI, please show your support by donating now at wfyi.org give. And thank you. I'm Kyle Long, and you've been listening to Cultural Manifesto. Great!